0: We live in a pretty difficult time uh, in our in our culture, in our life, in our present time. Uh, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, uh, a lot of uh, yeah, just a lot of challenging and difficult circumstances. I mean, let's let's just pretend for a moment that uh, we're not dealing with all that we have been in twenty twenty. Uh, there would still be about a thousand different things that we could be anxious and stressed about. Uh, politics, the environment, <clears throat> our, our families, uh, health, uh, finances, our, our church, uh, everything. There, there's literally a thousand different things that we could be stressed and anxious about. And then on top of that, you add on a global pandemic and just all of us reckoning and processing and just dealing with uh, systemic racism and the, 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 the inequality that we've had in our culture and in our society for decades and generations and generations. Uh, you just add on top, of, uh, on top of all of our own uh, distresses, uh, everything that's happened in 2020, is, and it's just overwhelming. And it's more than just anecdotal. Uh, there's data that shows that we are just going through an extremely challenging time, whether you're talking about before the coronavirus and the pandemic or, or afterwards. Uh, Dr. Elizabeth Reichard from Stanford says prior to COVID-19 rates of anxiety and depression in the United States were high and among the most common mental health conditions in 2017 nearly one in five adults in the US reported having symptoms that met criteria for a diagnosis in the previous year and anxiety was the most common mental health disorder the APA they've been polling thousands of people currently uh, in 2020 and this is what they found When asked to rate their stress level in general, the average reported stress for U.S. adults is 5.4. This is significantly higher than the average stress level reported in the 2019 Annual Stress in America Survey, which was 4.9, and marks the first significant increase in average reported stress since the survey began in 2007. Almost 40% of Americans uh, who were polled share that they are feeling more anxious today than they were at the same time last year and currently we have over 40 million adults who are struggling with anxiety so you probably find this to be true not only in your personal life but there are there's data to back up the fact that we are just in an extremely difficult and stressful time uh, not only for us personally but for our country and the world really in our sermon series living in lockdown we've been looking at a time in paul's life and ministry which was also uh, very stressful and difficult and challenging, not only for Paul but for the church of Philippi. Remember that Paul is writing uh, a letter to the church of Philippi, and he's actually writing this letter in prison. He's he's doing this uh, in prison where he's where where he is b- mainly because he is a Christian. He's being persecuted and tortured and and wrongfully imprisoned because he's a Christian. The church of Philippi is is, is an extremely young church in an an extremely young religion, and they are also going through persecution. And uh, think about all the challenges and difficulties that they must be going through with the beginning of a new religion and a new church. There's also division within the church. Philippians 4, 2 through 3 says, I entreat Euodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, we don't know what the specific issue between Euodia and Syntyche was, but we know that it was serious enough that Paul was asking for somebody to intercede on behalf of the two of them. And he writes about this in, in the, to the entire church. Uh, he writes about this uh, in his letter to the Church of Philippi. So again, Paul is going through uh, an extremely difficult time, not only personally, but he's also going through an extremely difficult time uh, in ministry, and the the church uh, in Philippi is also going through a very difficult and stressful time. But when Paul closes out his letter to the to the Philippians, he he shares a, an almost unbelievable encouragement. Philippians 4, 4-7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying that God is with you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what anxieties or stresses that may be burdening you, you can have a peace. And not only a, just a regular type of peace, but a peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace that is supernatural. This is a great encouragement, right? Because Paul is not speaking at, from some relaxing beach somewhere, you know, and saying, Hey, don't worry about anything. Everything's fine. He's actually going through a difficult time. And so is the church that he's, he's writing a letter to. And he's sharing this encouragement in the midst of this uh, challenging time for him and the church. But I'm sure there's a whole spectrum of of different feelings and thoughts when you hear this passage. For some of you, during this specific time in your life, you may feel very far removed from this type of peace that Paul talks about. I'm sure uh, many of you have heard this passage before. It's a very famous passage. And how many of you, uh, when you hear this passage, how many of you can say that you consistently experience this type of peace in your life? Uh, some of you, when you hear this, I'm sure you, you think, yeah, I, 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 I experience this peace on a regular basis and it is so nourishing and encouraging and refreshing to feel this type of peace that Paul, that, that Paul talks about. Some of you probably hear this passage and think, you know what, I, I, never, I have never experienced this type of peace. I would like that, but I just never do. Or maybe you're like me, and uh, there are moments and times in your life where you have experienced this uh, this type of peace, but considering the circumstances that we're going through right now, you can feel very far removed from, from your own experience. Well, I believe that throughout this passage, Paul, in a sense, gives us a roadmap, gives us a way to internalize and embed this promise in our life. And, and to the point where it's, not, where it's not just some sort of abstract Bible verse that we read or just something that's nice for other people, but, but it's something that we can internalize and actualize in our own life. And this is particularly true for those that have just not consistently experienced this type of peace in your life. I, I truly believe that throughout this passage, Paul gives us a way to do that, to, a way to experience that in our life. And the way I want to break this down is by looking at different parts of this passage and and highlighting and focusing on some key phrases. So I want to frame this by looking at three key phrases uh, throughout this passage. And the the three uh, phrases is pray, think, and practice. Pray, think, and practice. And I think this will give us a a roadmap or or a way to experience and internalize this kind of peace in our life. So let's start with pray, and we'll look specifically at Philippians 4.6. Paul clearly shares that instead of being anxious, you should pray. Philippians 4.6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So, how do you deal with anxiety and stress and difficult and challenging times in your life? You should pray. You should pray with thanksgiving and and share whatever burdens that you're feeling and lay it at God's feet. And I think Paul is being very practical here. He's he's not trying to be theoretical or or poetic. He's, He's literally saying, you know, think about the things that are burdening you, think about the things that are stressing you out, think about the things that are weighing on your shoulders. Lay those at at the feet of God, and he will support you and strengthen you and help you with the type of peace that you would desire. And and prayer is something where the more and more you participate in it, the more and more you are in communion with God, praying to him about it, the stronger the connection that you may feel to God, and the more and more you may feel this promise of peace that, that Paul is talking about. It's just like any kind of, any kind of uh, human relationship, uh, you know, the more and more communication you have, the deeper and deeper your communication gets, the more and more you feel comfortable and close and intimate with that other person. And I, and I believe that that's the same with, with praying to God as well. The level of peace and support that you feel is connected to and increases with uh, the amount of time you spend with Him. And we're going to say a little bit more about this a little bit later on. Next, let's look specifically at Philippians 4:8, And uh, we'll be looking at the next key phrase, which is, think. In Philippians 4-8, he says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And Paul shares with the Church of Philippi six things that they should be focusing on and thinking about. And it's interesting the way that he phrases each of these, right? He says, whatever is dot dot dot, whatever is dot dot dot. And it's interesting that he repeats this phrase because what he's trying to say is he's just making it very general. He's, he's making it very broad. Literally, whatever it is that, that makes you think about these positive things, it makes you think about these positive virtues, and whatever it is that brings you closer to God, think about those things. Preoccupy your mind with those things. And I also think that it's important to think about each of these, uh, or to think about this whole concept uh, by looking at it the opposite, or the flip side of each of those positive things that he talks about. Think for a moment what would what it would be like if you were to think about Things that were untrue, dishonorable, unjust, impure, hateful, non-commendable. I genuinely think that that would lead to greater anxiety, frustration, anger, stress. Now I also want to say that it doesn't mean that you turn a blind eye to, to the realities of this world. Our world is, fil- is filled with sin, it's, it's broken, it's, it's imperfect, and there is a lot of uh, challenges and imperfections in our world. But I think that what Paul is saying is that when you think about whatever, whatever it is that you're struggling with, or, or think about the things that we're going through right now in this pandemic uh, and in the struggles that we're having, uh, think about these things in the context of the positive thoughts that Paul talks about. Imagine having to tackle the stresses and the anxieties in your life, but, but thinking about them with the context of, of purity, truth, love. Whatever is commendable, whatever brings peace. And it's actually been proven that there are legitimate benefits to thinking positively. Dr. Michael Shire, who was a psychologist who 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 really was the first uh who came out with a study that was talking about positive thinking and the benefits of positive thinking. He he shares in an, an uh, Atlantic article um, in an interview that they do with him. This is what he shares. A lot of research has been done since we published our first paper, and the vast majority has examined the relationship of optimism and well-being. I think it's now safe to say that optimism is clearly associated with better psychological health, as seen through lower levels of depressed mood, anxiety, and general distress when facing difficult life circumstances, including situations involving recovery from illness and disease. And I truly believe that this is what Paul is sharing with the church in Philippi. If you wanna grow closer to a peace that surpasses all understanding, it matters what you think about. And this is something I try to do on a daily basis. Uh, there's, one, uh, there's one thing that I try to think uh, literally on every day. And this one thing is when I think about the future, I want to think positively and joyfully and trust that God will use whatever happens for good uh, and I and I think about this in two ways uh, one is I pray this I literally pray nothing nothing fancy I just pray God when I think about the future I pray that I would think positively about it that I would have a good attitude that I'd have a smile on my face because uh, you use all things for good and the second thing that I do is I reflect I, I, I reflect and think about all the, all the times in my life where God has, even in the most difficult times in my life, and, and there's one that I'll share about later on, but even in the most difficult times in my life, God has used those times to strengthen me, to refine me, to draw me closer to Him. So whether I'm going through some sort of amazing, joyful experience or something extremely challenging, I could find some sort of benefit or, or think positively about that. So when Paul shares this with the church, when he's saying, you know, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, and commendable, think about those things. He's not telling them to have a blind eye towards all the difficulties and challenges that they're dealing with. He's saying, look at all those things in this context. And, 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 this, and, and looking at these things in this context will bring you closer to that peace that he is talking about. So lastly, let's look at Philippians 4.9 and the third and last key phrase, which is practice. So we have pray and we have think and now we have practice. Philippians 4.9 says, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. He tells us to take all that he has shared, not only right, right before this verse, but, but all throughout his letter to the church of Philippi. And he says to practice these things. Meaning that this peace that surpasses all understanding doesn't just come instantly. It's not something that just immediately comes. Uh, There are times in our life when it could. There are times in our life when God can just move and work in you and uh, help you to experience a peace that surpasses all understanding. But oftentimes, what you want is to feel this way on a consistent basis. Uh, imagine being able to uh, to have this be your mentality when it comes to anything and everything that comes into your life, whether you're not whether or not you're going through good times or bad. Uh, imagine having a consistent mode or a mental state of peace and joy. Now, that's not going to come instantly, and I and I and I truly believe that Paul recognized that it doesn't come instantly because he tells us to practice these things. Throughout our sermon series and through this passage, he lays out a way that he thinks and lives out his life and says, this is the way that you should live out yours. And he's not doing this in some sort of like narcissistic way. He's saying, you know, imagine if you were the type of person that uh, were thrown into prison for something that uh, really you shouldn't be thrown into prison for, tortured, persecuted, persecuted. Uh, and and be joyful about all that and have peace that God is going to use that imagine being that type of person he's saying that is being offered to you and that is something that you can obtain if you practice and think and pray in this way and and just like I'm saying I think that the the previous things that we've talked about praying and thinking is also related and connected to this practice because, praying regularly and consistently and thinking positively about whatever circumstance may come, that is not something that just happens instantly either. It's something that needs to be worked at and developed. Dr. JP Moreland, who is a philosophy professor uh, that I had in grad school, who I greatly respect, he, he talks about uh, what practice can do to your brain. And he talks about this in his book, Finding Quiet, which is uh, a, a book about dealing with crippling anxiety and depression. This is what he says. Neuroplasticity refers to the brain's ability to form new brain grooves, i.e. new patterns of synaptic connections and undergo a change of structure. The brain is not stuck in a static unchanging structure. In fact, through repeated habit-forming practices of different ways of thinking, feeling, and behaving, one can reshape one's brain in a healthy direction. And this is especially true of anxiety. Through proper practice, one can literally train one's brain automatically to trigger good thoughts, feelings, and behavioral habits that happen without one having to choose them intentionally. And what Moreland is saying is that when you practice these things, when you practice, when you think positively, when you pray, and you continually practice these disciplines, you can literally change your brain. I know for me, when some sort of uh, external circumstance happens to me, my immediate trigger is to be stressed and anxious and feel burdened. But imagine if you were to replace that with peace and joy, again, not minimizing whatever it is that you're going through, but recognizing that whatever it is that may come good or bad, that you're going to be able to to get through it and that you're actually going to be able to use that to better your character or to better the people around you or to glorify God with. Through, through prayer, positive thinking and practice, we can draw closer to the promise of a peace that surpasses all understanding and that becomes ever more important in our current circumstance. So let's think about, let's think about what Paul is sharing within our current circumstance. Take, take, just take a moment and think about one thing that you're feeling anxious about. Something that uh, is related to everything that we're dealing with in 2020. Maybe it's about sending your kids back to school. And if you have any great ideas, please let me and Jamie know, because that's something that we're anxious about right now. Uh, maybe it's, you know, a family member or you, you're concerned about a family member because they're sick or they they might get sick from COVID. Uh, maybe you're just thinking about the whole state of our world and our country and uh, and and our government and and finances, your business. I mean, there are literally a thousand things that you could be, that you could probably point to that you might be anxious about. Uh, maybe you're dealing with, um, you know, just processing and tackling the systemic racism that has been highlighted through the murder of George Floyd and, and everything else that, that, that has been going on. Uh, maybe you're a victim of racism on a regular basis and that's something that, you have, that you're anxious about. Now, I don't, I don't want to minimize any of that, but imagine having a peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of whatever it is that you're feeling anxious about. To pray and to focus your mind on your thoughts and what is good and to continually practice these things. It doesn't mean that these problems go away. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden, you know, uh, God just erases whatever, whatever issue or, 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 or struggle that you're dealing with. But imagine having to tackle these things in its proper context. Uh, trusting and knowing that God will be using that for His good, His glory, and your benefit. In conclusion, I, I want to say that Paul is not some sort of hu- superhuman. I, I, I think he's actually saying that it's the exact opposite. I think uh, throughout the book of Philippines, he's encouraging the church and us to recognize that this is a process. It's something that will take time. And uh, I, I wanted to just briefly talk about my own journey with anxiety. Uh, and, and I think I, I, I want to share this quickly because I think it illustrates this idea that it's a process. Uh, I've always been an extremely anxious person, uh, but in 2009, it it started to manifest itself physically. So I I was having trouble breathing, I was having trouble sleeping, I was having heart palpitations, uh, and I remember vividly, uh, it was July 11, 2009, and I remember that that day because it was Jamie's birthday, and we were uh, living in LA at the time, uh, we were dating, and we were, uh, we were on our way to Disneyland, and instead of, driving in Disneyland, we had to drive to the emergency room because I had a panic attack. And it was, uh, it, was, it was a crazy time in 2009, but it was the moment that I started to really deal with my anxiety and my stress. Uh, and I can say without a doubt that I am closer now to this promise that Paul talks about in Philippians this promise of a peace that surpasses all understanding I'm closer to that promise now than I have ever been uh, and, it, and it really is to sum up uh, it really is what he talks about here through prayer through thinking positively and through practice it's through that that I've, I've been able to get to where I am today and again that doesn't mean that I haven't dealt with anxiety and, and I still deal with anxiety and stress uh, you know, I've had noticeable flare-ups in 2013 and uh, a noticeable flare-up in 2018, 2019, where I went back to seeing a counselor. But I can, I can genuinely say again that, that I am closer to this promise now than I have ever been. And, you know, I, I only wanted to share kind of the general arc of my experience with anxiety uh, because uh, I, th- I think that... You know i could i could go into details about you know seeking counseling the books i read um you know the the prayers i i, I prayed the the scriptures that i read but and and if you are somebody that deals with anxiety i'd be happy to talk to you about that but it's important to see the general arc because I, I do believe that it shows that what even though i still deal with anxiety and stress uh it is a process And I'm growing and developing and growing closer to the promise that Paul talks about and the promise that is being offered to you. Now, I I, want to close out by looking at Philippians 4, 12 through 13. And uh, Paul shares something here. And what I want you to do is I want you to pretend or imagine that you are saying this, uh, what Paul says here. And imagine what that's like for you to be able to, to say this. He says in Philippians 4, 12 through 13, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Imagine whether things are good or bad, whether you are poor or rich, whether you are going through a pandemic or not, whether you are dealing with systemic racism or not, whatever you might be going through imagine being able to say that you know and with confidence you know where your strength comes from and that you have a peace that surpasses all understanding that is what god is that that is what god is inviting you to